0: Jake and Ben, 97 five twelve eighty the zone. So, yeah, you had a day yesterday. You're here, though. It's good. You know what? The Jazz game was uh, pretty easy. Jazz game was pretty easy because it was an interesting game full of really good storylines, and then the Jazz blew it out at the end, and it ended in timely fashion, which I always appreciate.
1: Kyle Whittingham has been named the AP Top 25, or the Associated Press Pac-12 Coach of the Year, and uh, Devin Lloyd's the Defensive Player of the Year. No surprise there. Is Witt the favorite twin coach of the year in college football this year?
0: Overall, he might be because, you know, the people who vote for that sort of thing also like those extra storylines sure. and, and what so. they've overcome, you know, off the field is is a pretty great story. So I, it I wouldn't
1: surprise me. I don't think it was insincere of people, even after Utah started one and two, to say, like, football doesn't matter this year. You know what I mean? Like, the success on the field doesn't matter this year. The fact that these kids are playing and it can be a healing process on its own is probably enough. But then to have the the season on top of it, for Witt to get to his first Rose Bowl, the respect he has around college football, the and honestly what it might be part of it also is a recognition of somebody who stayed and built something where all these other coaching carousel has gone so crazy, you do just say, hey, this guy's done a great job. He's done it the old school way, but it's kind of the right way to do it. You might reward him for that. But that would be two for Kyle Whittingham in his career. Not many guys ever get one, and he'll have two if he uh, ends up winning it this year. And that'd be pretty fabulous for him. He's a special coach. He is. So is Devin Lloyd. It looks like Devin Lloyd's going to be probably a unanimous All-American, probably consensus. So that's going to be... Has Utah, I don't think Utah's had one since... Your boy probably, Tommy... What, was Tom consensus All-American? I think so. That's hilarious. You're probably right. Then maybe Luther Ellis. I mean, Utah hasn't had a whole lot of I consensus All-Americans. Think
0: Jordan Gross, but don't.
1: You might be right. Quote
0: me on that. And maybe Alex Smith. No, he wouldn't have been so. consensus. No, 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 because he was he was there
1: with um, you're minor. right. Tom Hackett in 2014 and 15. Hell yeah, Tom <laughs> Bradley and I Bradley and I did it apparently in 2019. Uh, I'm going to make sure this is consensus Luther Ellis and Matt Gay Matt Gay was really good too. yeah he was that good. makes sense so not Jordan Gross I know Jordan consensus Gross consensus All-Americans there's eight Gah, okay I was way off I apologize Tom Hackett did it twice I love that Tom Hackett is quietly the greatest player in Utah football history doesn't like football at all Bradley and I he does like football I don't need to burn him like that uh, Luther Ellis Matt Gay Jordan Gross you were right O two. 2 Louis Sakota, yeah. Eric Weddle and Mitch Wyshnowski So of those, (laughs) half of Utah's consensus All-Americans are kickers or punters.
0: Wow. In all honesty, that says a lot for special teams at Utah under- No, it says a
1: lot about how the team has had to fight from behind for so long that A, they're punting the ball a ton, or they're settling for field goals a ton, but to win games, you had to go out and get those guys, and they've gone out and got those guys. Like They've found ways to win games. You you win in the cracks, and the kickers, punters, are the, the, the crevices, they're the cracks of college football, where you find any- Advantage, you can, and you go out
0: and you win there. Now, I don't mean to, to you know, hopefully we don't feed Tom's ego here, but I'll, I'll, I think Tom Hackett changed punting in college football. Sure.
1: As far as the Aussie goes?
0: Well, I mean, the style, too. Yeah. Yes. And and what punters are able to do. He did, Tom did st- stuff we've never seen before Correct. in college football. No one ever. was prepared for it. No. And you can't get away with that stuff at the NFL. So it he was doing stuff we've never seen before. And putting the brakes on, on punts at like the two-yard line yep. after running around like his head was cut off and kicking it the last second and all this stuff. Not to mention opening the recruiting pipe, pipeline from Australian football players into uh, – uh, Utah, was, I guess, was punting a lot during his tenure at Utah. I suppose you have a point there. But also who he was and the way he was doing it. I mean, you've got to give somebody credit for changing the way every, everybody does things, right? i
1: talked to him about the difference between he and Mitch Wisnowski, because Mitch has gone on to be such a good NFL player, and Tom. And Tom said, well, he doesn't have the, a strong leg. He had a really accurate leg with punting and a good touch, but he couldn't get hang time. Which is why he kicked the way he did. Right. He tried to punt a couple of times like that to prepare for the NFL. He said he just doesn't. He's not strong enough because Tom's not a huge person. Mitch looks like a linebacker. He's huge. He's a yeah. huge person. Tom Hackett was not an enormous person, so he said he just never had the leg strength. But you're right. He has really good touch because he came from playing Aussie Rules football, which some of that is a right. little bit more about that touch. And you're right, directional. and knew how to do it. Knew how to buy time as he would walk around behind the line of scrimmage and, and to, you know to allow the team to get down the field. And that really worked. It reminds me a lot of like. The six foot one, five foot 11 shooter that every college basketball team has, who has no chance to play in the pros, isn't going to go there, but is such a good college player. And you're right, maybe what we've done a little bit in college football when it comes to punting is we've stopped f- trying to get guys who only punt the pro way. You just need it to be good. You just need it to do what you need it to do. Yeah. Get down the field. You don't need him to be the one punter who gets drafted every year. If you can, incredible. Great for you. But you really just need to get the job done however it has to get there. Tom was amazing. He, he could kick it to the corner,
0: right, at the goal line, yep. and just stop it. Yep. Never mind, like, kick it out of bounds at the corner or whatever, get it to bounce out of bounds. Uh, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. He's he's the best I've ever seen
1: at that. I haven't done a lot of TV in my life, but I'm on the Pac 12. Oh, yeah, they showed it this year. Yeah, they did at one of the games. the weather delay. It It was the Weaver State Game. It was the Weaver State (laughs) Game. And I look exhausted because they recorded it right after Pac 12 Media Day. Like right after. So, of course, we've been up since like 7 a.m. and we traveled there the night before. So I was exhausted. So I have bags under my eyes. My eyes are all red. I look awful, but it's hilarious. And the person I'm talking I'm talking about two people, I think. I talk about Tom Hackett, and I might have called him the greatest player in Utah. football history and I stand by that somewhat and then I think I talk about Alex Smith but love Tom. Good for Tom. He's, he's had a very fun career. And now he covers RSL. Now he covers RSL and KSL Sports. Does a great job at KSL Sports.com as you just said. Beautiful he does family. Do
0: a, he does do a good job. Good yeah. For, but yeah he was he was a revolutionary player and I don't throw that term around lightly. No you're right. He, so. Yeah, Utah punted a lot while he was there, but let's give
1: him credit. And the Utes needed him. Yeah, they like, did. They really needed him to be good at his job when he got into the Pac-12 if they were going to start winning games. They needed to find an edge, and he was such a huge edge over what they could do elsewhere on the field.
0: All right, well, let's ask Trevor about this. Let's get out to the uh, Smart Rain special guest line. Best of State winner Smart Reign uh, is an incredible Black Friday offer running the entire month of November, now into December. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with free Apple iPad to commercial properties. Sign up for a a, a, a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit smartrain.net or call 877-346-3333. I'm just laughing because I make the same mistake every 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 single single day. day. (laughs) I mean, at some point, that's my fault, right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. No question about it. <laughs> All right, uh, he covers the Utes for KSLSports. dot com. He's the one and only Trevor Allen with us here on uh, Jake and Ben. What's up, Trevor?
2: Hey, Jake. Does uh, Ben like stare at you while while you're reading stuff like that? Is that what like throws you off?
0: No, no. No, I, just an idiot. I, I'm just dumb. No, really. Just, I, I really am just...
2: I wasn't b- trying to set you up for that. No, no it's, I even it's all right.
0: At you. No, it's I fine. I think we look at each other all that much while we do the show. People, no, I, I'm not staring gazingly <laughs> into, into your eyes. But people don't understand why that, if you put it in front of Burgundy, he will read it, why that is so funny, because it's so real. It's accurate. It's so real. If you slide a liner in front of me,
1: I'm going to read it. No, the worst thing about Anchorman is that it's accurate. It's so accurate. Before I was in the business, I thought, this is stupid, this is fake. And then you've been around for 10 minutes, you're like, every single thing is real. It's
0: all real. I'll I'll read it. Shoot. Yeah, I know it's December, but I'll read November. I don't care. Uh, Let me ask you this, Trevor. Is is Tom Hackett the greatest player in in Utah football history?
2: The greatest player?
0: Yeah, the greatest player. And I I think you can make an argument for yes, but I'm curious to hear what you have
2: to say. I mean, there's guys coming in like Devin Lloyd, who Kyle Whittingham has said is the best player on defense that has ever come out of the University of Utah. I think that that says something.
1: I maintain that at worst, Tom Hackett's a top 10 player to ever come through the state of Utah.
2: I would I would probably agree with that. Yeah, 10. I mean, because, I mean, okay, there's 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 two different sides to that thing. And by the way, I love Tom Hackett. I love working with him. I I, I want to make that known before I go into what I'm, before I'm about. Before you trash to say, his but, career. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, when your when your punter is is one of your most uh, most used weapons, and and you and you call your punter a weapon, you kind of got a problem. Yes. Um, and you know we all we all knew kind of the the issues Utah had on on offense. Um, but I, I also felt like Tom Hackett did some really good things in order to help out the, the, the defense thrive by you know pinning opponents back in, in, into their 10-yard line and things like that. So I would say, especially for him to win the Ray Guy Award twice um, and just for what he's been able to do to kind of bring in that, that Aussie-style, you know, the, the, the rugby-style punny, um, I would definitely say Tom Hackett's probably top 10. How many, in, to ever come out of
0: Utah. how many Utah football players have been revolutionary players outside of Tom Hackett? None. How many Utah football players oh, have Lee Gross, legitimately Lee Grosscup legitimately invented the forward pass? I mean, Devin Lloyd is is great. Great, greater than great. Did he fundamentally change college football? Nope. Did Tom Hackett?
1: Yes. Didn't he invent the shovel pass? Didn't Lee Grosscup? He was like the first guy who was did he? the little shovel yeah, pass? He did. Yeah, the Utah Okay, pass. so there's yeah. two. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry, there's been two put some respect on me revolutionary players yeah, who have who have changed the game of college football to come
2: through Utah. And Tom Hackett is one of those. The fact that we're even saying a punter revolutionized the game, I mean it baffles me.
3: He but did though. He did. Right. Right.
1: You're, right.
2: yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah.
1: Well, and he allowed you to win games in the Pac twelve that made you a legitimate team. In the Pac-12 that allowed you to recruit guys like Devin Lloyd and all these other guys. I remember him
0: great. running for
1: his life on that fake punt against Oregon way yeah, back in the day.
0: Unbelievable. He made
1: plays. Uh, all right. Let's, before we talk about the uh, Rose Bowl, which we're, what, three weeks away from still, Utah has National Letter of Intent Day coming up less than a week. Trevor, how's this uh, class stacking up compared to years past? Is this going to be one of their best? Is it going to be a little bit disappointing? What's your expectation a week out?
2: It is supposed to look pretty good. I mean, the fact that – they I mean, okay, so it, it was actually looking really, really good. They were getting a lot of playmakers and things like that, but then they ended up having some guys choose to not uh, stay, stay with the program, and, and they are mainly whiteouts. And it was, it was probably because of, you know, the main reason why a lot of wide outs don't go to Utah is because um, they, they don't get thrown to as much. And, you know, they're, they're really coming out really strong. Uh, they were able to land Lander Barton who's a really, really talented linebacker. Everybody in the entire country wanted him. Um, and then they, al- they also have a really good quarterback. And, you know, this, this actually helps out, too, because Peter Costelli entered the, uh, the uh, transfer portal, um, I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, Jake Hatch had that, um, you know, a, a, a couple weeks ago. And then uh, Jalen Glover, a running back, um, he's really, really good coming out of Florida, and then they actually landed one of his teammates who is going to help out in that secondary in Elijah Davis. Uh, you know, who, who's from the, the same same school as uh, or same area as as Nate Johnson, so or Jalen Glover. It's a really good class. Um, I don't think it's going to be the best Utah's had. I still think that that one is the uh, twenty the uh, twenty twenty class with uh, Clark Phillips, with Van Fillinger and Xavier Carlton. I think that. That was a, a tremendous class. But it's shaping – I mean, Utah has, has really kept the the uh, trend going upward as far as being able to recruit and bringing in some uh, talented players in this state.
0: What's their biggest need recruiting-wise?
2: I, I think right now secondary um, because, you know, quarterback, you, you kind of feel like you're, you know, set. Running back, even though T.J. Pledger's going in, into the draft after the Rose Bowl, you still got really good – still got three really good backs. Plus, you've got one who ended up committing last year and signing – in Ricky parks. Um, and then with Jalen Glover coming in um, and then the old line, I, I feel like is, is, in a, is in a good spot. Um, D line, I mean, we'll, we're never going to say, say that that's a need, but you know, the fact that that Nate Ritchie is still on his mission, um, Cole Bishop could potentially move to linebacker. I know Kyle Whittingham has talked about that potentially happening. Um, don't know when I know that Morgan Scali is fighting to keep him at safety because that's what he, he coaches. Um, but I, I feel like, especially with corner, with how many injuries they've had this year, um, it, it might not hurt to bolster that a little bit.
1: Do they do that through the transfer portal? I mean, I know there's a lot of those kids will commit uh, on national letter of intent Day coming up here in a few days. Are they going to do that? Are they gonna look for you know the juniors and seniors, some of the upperclassmen to come in and play right away, or do you think they'll rely on a freshman like they've done in the past with Jalen Johnson and with uh, Clark Phillips? I think that
2: they'll probably do a little bit of both. I mean, especially with how 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 crazy the uh, portal is getting, with you know thousands of of guys a- entering the portal. I I, I think that that kind of gives Sharif Shaw, Morgan Scully, Ty Whittingham, kind of some you know some really good options out there to say, okay, we need we need a plan for next year, but we also need to plan for you know the next couple of years, and for them to be able to to get guys like like T.J. Pledger, Chris Curry. Um, you know, Cam Rising, you know, a, a few few years ago to come out of the portal, some, some really big time talented players, I really feel like could bode well for Utah if, if they could find the right fit. Obviously, we could look at the Charlie Brewer experiment where that didn't work out. But, you know, it's kind of the whole give and take of the uh, portal. But I feel like that they're going to probably try and do both where they're going to try and get someone out of high school and as well as from, from the portal.
0: You know, when we look back on this season, uh, you, you know, years from now, Trevor, what are we going to credit the turnaround? What is going to be the biggest factor in Utah going from, you know, what they were in the non-conference to only losing a game in conference? What's going to Who's going to get the credit?
2: I feel like it, it's, it's going to be the players because uh, I actually talked about this with uh, Clark Phillips on Faith Family Football, and I, I, I asked him, I said, what was the most critical moment for you guys to turn around your guys' this season after you guys lost to to the uh, you know San Diego State and to BYU, you guys held, held that players only meeting on that Sunday after, and then that was when you guys turned it around. Was that kind of that that you know critical moment? I felt like that piled up with you know trying to honor Aaron Lowe and uh, Ty Jordan. I feel like those were the two most crucial moments um, in this season to where it really ended up turning around. I mean, we can all look at of what Cam Rising did, but you know it it it's hard for for Utah, and Kyle Whittingham would say this, you know, to kind of get a grasp of what Cam could have done. He was coming off of major, you know, sur- surgery on his shoulder, didn't start throwing until June, and he- he's, you know, going up against a quarterback who had Power 5 experience for four years. And so for, for them to kind of, you know, kind of point back to that, I would say if-, if it were three things, though, I would say the emergence of Cam Rising, that-, that player's only meeting, and honoring Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe.
0: Trevor, I just want you to know I'm staring directly into Ben's eyes right yeah. now, just Good. staring please, please right, him forward, right at him. I mean, it's and I'm going to be locked in for the rest of the show, Ben. Just so you know, Good. I'm right here. 37 minutes right left, right here, buddy. Uh, Trevor, we appreciate uh, not only you coming on with us, but all your great work there, at KSLSports.com. Keep it up, buddy.
2: Thank you, guys. Ho- hopefully, we'll we'll uh, keep chatting, and uh, you know, get, still got one more really big game coming up uh, in a, a couple of weeks.
0: All right, thanks. Well, we'll we'll be in touch, man. We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll have you on often.
2: Sounds good, guys. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Trevor. Trevor Allen covers Utah for KSLSports.com. What's what's the one factor, Ben? What's it, who deserves the most credit for the turnaround? Cameron Rising.
1: Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, the Yeah, I mean, he came in. The offense worked, and then once the offense worked, the defense worked. But it, it's like, it, oh yeah, we scored points. Now the defense has you know seventy-five yards of cushion to get a stop. Eh, it works. It's a lot easier. It's a hard question because there's, there's probably about 10 answers that are actually partially correct. The right answer is probably Devin Lloyd. But I would say, just from a layman's perspective, Cam but, Rising and the difference. I mean, you saw it immediately, even against San Diego State when they lost. Just what he could do yes. late in the game. It's like, okay, this dude knows what he's doing. you got to give him a chance. And Charlie Brewer left, and it just felt like you had this new buy-in. You almost had nowhere else to go, right? You were going to go to Jaquindon Jackson. Yeah, He just wasn't ready at that point. Right. So you had this opportunity with Cam Rising. I think that was really the big move.
0: So I don't think the answer is Devin Lloyd, actually, because he dominated throughout the season. Yeah. And actually, at that BYU game, he's got to be standing around, looking around, being like, Hey, hey, uh, am, I the, am I the only one? Uh, what, what are we doing here? Um, Rising is probably the answer. But think about what all the answers could be. The offensive line...
1: Turn oh, yeah. it around. Yeah. Oh, I, Charlie Turn Brewer it was not playing behind the same offensive line no. that the Cam Rising was.
0: Tavion Thomas holding on to the football? Correct. That might be the single biggest factor to Utah's turnaround, is that the, all of a sudden their workhorse back became uh, an all-conference player simply by holding on to the football.
1: Can I also say this, and Utah fans aren't going to like this, so I apologize before. Let's light a fire, Ben. Let's do it. You also started playing bad football teams. BYU's not a bad football team, and San Diego State's not a bad football team. You know, like, you started playing bad teams, and that really helps. The Pac-12 was not great this year. Now, I think Utah is actually a great football team. I think Utah is legitimately one of the 10 best teams in the country. Like, talent, execution, maturity, leadership, playing for the right thing, coaching, you name it. They are one of the 10 best teams in the country. I have zero doubt about it, which is why I think they're going to beat Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. But it really helped, as you were trying to figure your things out, to not play BYU, who's also a top 15 team in the country this year, and not play San Diego State, who was a top 20 team until Utah State spanked them last week. like Those were really good football teams, and to play them early in the year, when you were still trying to get your ducks in a row, was really hard. Then you played some bad teams, you figured out some of your mistakes, you got to make mistakes and not get punished for them, so by the end of the year, you could whoop a top three team in Oregon soundly on national television, and then beat them again for your first Pac-12 championship
0: it it also didn't help that BYU and San Diego State are both tough teams. Correct. Like like physically tough football teams because as you're trying to get, you know, uh your physical well, dominance going, it's tough to do it against, you know, give me go up against a soft Washington State team where
1: I didn't say bad Washington State team, soft though is still correct. I also think there's a huge underrated story here that people have not talked about enough and I'm the people who talk, so this is my fault. Uh and Jake, you can probably answer or Jake, you can probably answer. How many games did San Diego State play last year? How how many games did the Mountain West Conference play? Utah played five. BYU played 11, right? 12. 12. BYU played a full schedule last year. Utah played five games. Mountain West didn't play many either. Think of the chemistry, though, you build of playing 11 games. Yes, you lost Zach Wilson. Yes, you lost players of the NFL. I get it. You, San Diego State played eight. Okay, you played eight, basically double the games that Utah played last season. Like, do you not think those teams were going to start at a much higher level this year? Even with spring football, even with a year to get prepared. We've talked about, I mean, Kyle Whittingham loves bowl games. Why? Because he loves practice. He loves that you get to practice for an extra month of December that you don't get. They got 11 games, 12 games, eight games for San Diego State. You took out five, and it was touch and go week to week. You never knew if you were going to play. Oh,
0: how many weeks in a row did it get canceled on uh, on Friday afternoon? Just What was it, three weeks, Hatch? Three weeks in a row? It was at least two.
1: But horrible. Bizarre. You know, almost, you can't actually get a schedule of anything. So I don't, I remember talking to some BYU fans early in the season and saying like, BYU's a better program now than Utah. I'm like, well, They're coming off of a crazy pandemic year. BYU played twice as many games. Is a better team at this moment. And certainly was early in the season. You can make the argument that they're not now. I listen to that. But certainly was early in the season and probably was last year as well. They didn't play each other, unfortunately. But 12 weeks or 12 months does not make a program. You know, does not make or break a program. And that's why it's good to you know step back a little bit and, and look at these big picture. But I think absolutely early in the year, Utah was probably hurt by only playing five games last season. I think that's fair.
0: Top three stories of KSLSports.com coming up next 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's
3: official. It's official. The Utes of the t- 2021 Pac-12 champs and are heading to the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. What better way for the Utes to make their inaugural trip to the Rose Bowl than a battle against Ohio State? Keep it locked on the Zone Sports Network as we get you ready for the Utes' historic trip to Pasadena. Your home for the best coverage
2: of the Utes in the Rose Bowl is
3: right here on ninety-seven five twelve eighty, the Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
0: Jake and Ben want to remind you, Mickey Couture wants to help you this holiday season with the perfect gift. Stop by any location from Ogden to St. George. mentioned Zone 50, and you get 50% off. It's a no-brainer. Get in today. Save 50%. Get the best gift ever from Mickey Couture. It's time for the top three stories at KSLSports.com.
3: Are you prepared, Ben? Nope. Ready to go? Nope. Hatch? But is that I'm always it? ready. All right, let's do it. Number one, the Utah Jazz Roll in Philadelphia. Jazz playing well, Ben.
0: Really well. They could sweep this four-game road trip, which is, uh, you mentioned this earlier, not something I would have predicted.
1: No, not at all. Uh, you know, when, and Jake, I probably said a month ago, we looked at this home stretch where the Jazz were playing 10 of 12 at home before they went on this four-game roadie, and I thought, man, if you if the Jazz play well, like they like I expect them to at home and start shooting the ball well, they're going to run away and be really atop the NBA standings uh, after that, that, that home stand, and they just didn't. I, I think they went, what, four? or seven and five during yeah. that stretch with the even with the two road games and they won their two road games they beat Sacramento they beat Oklahoma City they were really bad in Salt Lake and I thought uh oh this could get rough and then you know if you don't play well against Portland who Dame can beat you any given night and Boston because Jason Tatum can beat you any given night then you go on the road and play against a good Cleveland team Then you go and play against a feisty Timberwolves team. Maybe they fall apart now, and certainly in retrospect, they look like they're worse now than they were when the Jazz were heading out on this trip. And then you go Minnesota, middle of the country, to Philadelphia. Back-to-back, you lose an hour traveling east. And yeah, I know Philly played, uh, was on a back-to-back too, but went from Charlotte. We were just talking about how easy it is to travel on the east coast, Charlotte to Philly. Like, this had disaster written all over it for the Jazz. I mean, this could have been a road trip, where you could have come home 0-4 or 1-3 and, and really thought, like, something went wrong in the offseason. Like, the pieces aren't fitting. And instead, they've gone 3-0. and 0. They've won six games in a row. I think they are... Did the Rockets lose? The Rockets lost... Oh, no, the Rockets have won seven in a row. So the Jazz have the second longest win streak in the NBA right now. They are two and a half games back of the Suns who you know is kind of the only team anyone along with the Warriors has talked about how good they are like the Jazz are cooking Jazz are playing really really high level basketball in fact we talked about it a day or two ago like where we would rank these teams I'm not so sure the Jazz aren't in that conversation with, with the Suns as the best team in the NBA right now the way they're playing now they yeah. should be
0: Yep. yeah I totally agree with that I mean, what they're doing offensively is special, and the even, defense hasn't fallen off. Oh, really. the
1: defense was great last it night. Was. I mean, how often were the Jazz? I mean, Joe Ingles getting down and swiping the ball up on Joe Ingles or on uh, Joel Embiid, uh, Mike Conley darting into passing lanes, Donovan Mitchell darting into passing lanes. I know that's not how Quinn Snyder necessarily wants them to play. He doesn't want to gamble for steals, and steals don't always translate to good defense because you have Rudy Gobert behind you. But like. Maybe you got to change it up a little bit. Maybe you got to start doing a couple of things differently to get this defense playing at the highest level it can. Because Joe Ingall said it after the game, because someone asked if, you know, does Donovan Mitchell actually look like he's playing better defense, like he's preached that that's what he's trying to do. And Joe said, we all are. We're all playing better defensively than we were because we need to if we're going to win in the playoffs. And Rudy actually
0: guarded the other team's best player last night because we know if he doesn't do that, it can't be a good good defensive performance. Not
3: a good play. And he's just dreadful. So, you know, there you go. That happened last night, too. Hatch? Number two, the picket slide is D-O-A. Do you want to explain what the picket slide is? Kenny Pickett, uh, did you watch no, this, go. Jake?
0: Yeah, yeah, go ahead, though.
3: Huh? So ACC championship last week, Kenny Pickett, he, of course, a Heisman Trophy finalist. He was running uh, in the open field, faked like he was going to slide. The Wake Forest defenders all held up. Okay, he's going down. Then he just keeps going and scores a touchdown. It was awesome. I didn't know you could fake a slide like that. Like, he kind of did a Matrix
1: thing where it looked like, oh, yeah, he's for sure going into it, and then got back up and, like, never even broke his gate. So, I mean, it
3: was incredible, the play. I'm not sure anybody really knew it was actually okay. And they
1: banned it immediately.
0: <laughs> yeah. He should be... That is, that is as Bush League a play as anything
1: else. What? So that is Bush League. I love the play. That uh, is Bush I League. I understand why you have to take it out. But if the rules let you do it until this week, great. Use the rules in your favor. I love that he did that.
0: See, here's the thing, Ben. There, there is a bargain between, honestly, ball carrier and defensive player. Yes, the only deterrent from that defensive player ending the ball carrier's life, quite literally, is a 15 yard penalty. It's actually not that big of a downside when you think of it. So there has to be when you're the defensive player. Yes. So there has to be some trust that the defensive player isn't honestly going to do something dangerous. Regardless of if it's a quarterback, a running back, or a receiver, or whatever. There has to be... There's no big downside to a defensive player losing his cool and severely injuring somebody.
1: Right. If if Ohio State wants to guarantee themselves a win over Utah... Take a really dirty shot at Cam Rising early yes. in the game, and you're going to win. And all it's going to cost you is maybe your player gets ejected and you lose 15 and yards. You lose 15 yards. Not a big deal. So
0: there has to be this sportsmanship trust. Correct. For the game to actually work. So Pickett fakes the
1: slide, meaning he's, he's essentially giving himself with that up. trust. Correct, he did. He did. But he the screwed up that trust. It.
0: So you know what? He should have to stand out there at midfield with his hands tied behind his back and the other team gets to just decapitate him. I understand because what
3: he did was that Bush league. It was as Bush league as any high low crap. The rule needed to go away because the next quarterback who pulled it was likely to get their hands. To head lose taken his off. life. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So I'm glad they changed the rule. But I like that he abused it while he could.
1: Which should always be the case. You should always work the system in your favor every chance you get.
0: That's Shit. as bad as
3: sliding under somebody in basketball sure. into their landing space. But you it's, can't it's do bl- that.
1: If there league. was a rule that said you could do it,
3: they're going to announce down. the Heisman Trophy tomorrow and he's a finalist. Should he win it, it'd be a massive upset. That'll be his Heisman moment. That'd be absolutely hilarious. Absolutely. A play that's been banned.
0: Honestly, there's not technically a rule against diving at the side of somebody's
3: knee either, but yet you just don't do that.
0: We saw Logan
3: Thomas from the Washington football team get a season ended due to what you just My described. guy! Yeah. Yeah.
0: My Virginia Tech Hokie Logan Thomas. It's just, you have to in order to play sports, you have to be able to trust each other. It's why basketball players don't go to 24-hour fitness to play sure, sure. with amateurs because they're going to get hurt. right? And Because, not because, that trust yes. isn't,
1: because you don't trust the guy you're playing against. To not hurt you. To not hurt you. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so anytime somebody screws with that trust, I find it egregious. And that was as Bush league a play as anything. Because the next time Cam Rising tries to slide, and I'm just picking a random sure. quarterback here, the, Gives the, himself line, up. the linebacker is going to say, you know what? I'm hitting you because I don't believe you. So I'm, I'm going
1: to remove your head from your body and I'll take the 15 yards. Bryce Young's the favorite to win tomorrow. That's the <laughs> heavy favorite. Okay. I hope Hutchinson wins it. I hope oh, the DN from, uh, from it, Michigan yeah. win it. Michigan's had a great year. Harbaugh won AP Coach of the Year. Yes. I said WIT earlier. He won Pac-12 Coach of the Year. No, you said Pac-12, and then we yeah. kind of debated whether he yeah. would win National Coach of yeah. the Year, but he did
3: not. Um, Hatch? Alright, number three, RSL duo of Albert Rusnak and Pablo Mastroeni could be on the move. Mastroeni's the uh, manager. He's the skipper. Yep. And it
1: sounds like he's got interest from Cincinnati. So he's got a chance to leave, which is, you know, probably put some pressure on RSL to make a decision. It's hard when you don't have an owner to know how much money you want to spend on everything. but or how uh, much money you can spend. Uh, you can spend. <laughs> spend. But uh, Rusnak's, I mean, he's maybe their best player.
3: He's their highest paid player. He was really, really good this year. I know he gets a bad rap because he's the highest paid player when you're that you, you get more of the criticism, sure. But he's getting interest from Premier League clubs. And this is a kid who came up to the Premier League youth academy right. system as well. You got
1: to go. I mean, it's like you're playing in lower level Euro League in basketball, and the NBA offers you a shot. You got to go to the NBA. If you get that opportunity, absolutely. Yeah. Um,
0: if I'm regardless of opportunity, if I'm on in RSL or on that team or even uh, working for that team, I'm looking around. Because you have no idea who the next owner is going to be. I guess we kind of have an idea. But you have no idea how they're going to be. It could be great. It could be terrible. You have no clue. If I'm Roosneck or whomever, I'm looking for another opportunity stat just because that's the problem with going through an ownership transfer the way that they're doing it. Is you just have no idea? There's no stability whatsoever. It's a and holding like-
1: pattern, and you can't exist in a holding pattern no. in a competitive right. situation like that, where you're trying to get a contract or leave or have success.
0: You have no idea if they're trying to support you with roster moves yep. or save money or right. whatever, because there's no there's nobody to set the standard from the top down. And and uh, I I don't know how well you know John Kimble, uh, Ben. We we worked for him at the Jazz for a long time. I, tremendous person who I admire. Uh, he's just in a in a terrible spot from a, a team building standpoint because who know, who knows what the future is going to be. Yeah. So I think RSL is going to have a tough time retooling for next year I, because of the situation that they're in. I do in. want
3: to add one thing. Albert Rusnok deserves a lot of credit. This is a guy who came to America betting on himself that he could get himself back to Europe. There are a lot of guys who come stateside, come to MLS and never get that opportunity yep. to go back across the pond. He bet on himself. He's been really, really good. He's been an he's been all-star caliber, I felt like, for RSL. And it's it's really cool to see him get that opportunity potentially here to go play in the Premier League. 27 years old. So he's probably going to make the jump now if he's yeah, going to make the Yeah, if he's
0: going to do it, yeah. yeah. Stay tuned. More next. Jake Man ninety 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
2: This is Unrivaled. You guys are doing a hell of a job we have with us Evan Dudley the UAB beat writer anything you feel about the game who's gonna win it first thought I probably have to go with BYU obviously they had a great season uh you know better Pac-12 record than half the Pac-12 they beat <laughs> the Pac-12 champion you know head to head but I think BYU uh probably the better talented better team but UAB is also a team that gets the most out of its players they're gonna play physically and they're gonna try to give themselves a chance there in the second half against a really good team
3: that is unbelievable. Catch unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Jake and Ben, 97.5,
0: and 1280, The Zone. Ben, we were talking about uh, you're you're a single guy. Uh, what you need to do in your personal life? I just found this story: a 48 uh, year old mom stole her 22 year old daughter's identity so she could go to college and date young guys.
1: Yeah, you what, have to be in college to date young people. What do you think, Ben? Could you could you fake enrollment? I've got a baby uh, like, face. Yeah, you do. Especially have when baby I shave, yeah. and I don't. I like have to shave like two or three times a week. I like I don't have a good five o'clock shadow. So if I were to shave every morning. I could absolutely go back and be like, you know, I'm a man child. I'm 19 years old, 20 years old, just got out of high school. So could
0: we record you? Could we, could we send you incognito,
1: Ben? No, uh, that's to, creepy. To pick up a date? No, I don't. I, that's so creepy. That so creepy. Like 35 years old now. Like, I can't even imagine somebody who's younger than 30, in all honesty. And like, all the respect to all the wonderful people out there and, and young women out there. and just like... You know, you have two kids and you the idea of dating a
0: 20-year-old is insane. No, I I hear you. I do have a buddy who went back to nursing school in his mid to late 30s. And uh, he said it was weird going to classes because he had some undergrad stuff he had to button up before he got into the graduate program or something. You yeah. know, where he's doing like yep. general classes or whatever. And he said it was very strange going to those classes because you were the guy that you made fun of when you were in your 20s. Yes. Like the, the weird yep. middle-aged person that's yep. randomly
1: in the class and just – <laughs> sits in the back? No. Nope. He is that guy now. Adrian Wojnarowski, USA Basketball, is finalizing a decision to name Steve Kerr as the next national coach with an assistant coach staff that will include Monty Williams, head coach of the Phoenix Suns, Eric Spolstra of the uh, Miami Heat, and Mark Few. See, this is brilliant, Ben.
0: You know why? Because the best USA Basketball coaches do Nothing. Yes. You know why? You know why Coach K was was a good USA basketball coach because he did nothing. did nothing. Yep. Greg Popovich takes over and tries to coach. Yeah, and I think you can do too win.
1: much. I think you can be too hands on with this group of superstar players. It's the
0: brilliance of the job. You have automatically the best team by a mile in every game you play, and all you have to do is
1: be conscious for the game. That's I w- it. I will say this: one of the great slights that I've felt in my life as a sports fan was Jerry Sloan never getting a chance to lead team USA basketball and he may have had the same issue as pop did Where he tried but to he was the assistant under Chuck Daly he was, and yeah. was supposed to become the next guy and they bypassed him and for no really no real reason other than he kind of had a hard demeanor they didn't give him a chance and he talked about that hurt him as a guy who was like yeah. seemed like he was you know you it, you could not injure him at all he said that was a, he said that was difficult for him that's too bad
0: It is too bad. I mean, Jerry certainly had the resume. Earned it. Yeah, Yeah. definitely earned it. And to be in the pipeline there. Who was the coach... Who was the coach? Oh, really? Breaking news! Hatch has some uh, breaking uh, Utah news. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, Britton Covey has officially announced that he will be pursuing his NFL aspirations after this season. Says uh, in part of it's a big post on social media. You can find it says, "In pursuit of other childhood dreams, I will be preparing for the twenty twenty two NFL draft in hopes that someone takes a chance on me. I'm ecstatic to be able to put on that Utah uniform one more time down in Pasadena. Let's make it special."
0: Hey, I'm never going to say somebody shouldn't go live their dream, and this is going to sound kind of mean, but I don't see Britain having an NFL career, per se. So if I were him, I'd come back. We've talked about this before. I'd come back. He's the, he's the arguably, what would you say, Ben, third most popular Utah? Yeah, maybe first. I
1: think it goes Donovan, Rudy, and then Britton Covey. You're probably right. I bet you Britton Covey plays in an NFL game. In a regular season, NFL, game. how about that? That will be my bet? Well, okay, if, he does, if you set the it's worth over it. under at half, I'll take the over
3: okay, so I, hold on, we need to set a parameter here. so just play in a game, play in a game one game. Because he could do it as a punt returner, correct. He could do right? This not as a, kick a preseason returner. game, but make but a, a regular roster. season roster. A regular season game. It doesn't matter the position. Then no. I just want to make sure we were clear, no. clear on that. No, part. Oh, yeah, he'll yeah. play in a game. He's not going to be Darren Sproles, which is going to be like the obvious comp sure. for him, which
1: is like five six guy who can do everything is incredible. He's not a running back like Sproles was, but Sproles was also pretty good in special teams. That's Sproles where he's going to have to. 210 yeah, correct. Was also actually a you know a little muscle hamster as they like to call those little guys. Uh, he. Is a different body, but it was only 5'6. So I, I think I'm going to bet on Britton Covey because Britton Covey's done nothing but prove everybody wrong. It seems foolish to keep, to, to not believe in him. So
0: you're right about that. And I'll probably be wrong about this, but I don't see any way that happens. He's just too small. He is small. He's just too small. And
1: he's got a lot of heart and he's a really great athlete. He's just small. He's dynamic, Bill. You need playmakers and he's a playmaker. So I bet he plays in at least one regular season game during his NFL career, and he'll also end up back at Utah as a GA.
3: I'm with Ben on this one. Yeah. I bet he does Do you think he plays? I do think he plays. As a returner, absolutely. He's going to be an All-American this year. He's special. He's really special. I'm not disagreeing with any of that. This is a guy that this, pardon me for a minute, Bill Belichick sees and says, that's my next slot receiver and punt returner Well, and here's even the better part, maybe. Some idiot who thinks he's
1: Bill Belichick, who's not, <laughs> who, okay, coaches, who coaches, <laughs> who coaches the Detroit Lions. You, says, the Houston Texans. Yes, they're like, you know what? I bet Bill Belichick loves that guy. We're going to bring him in, and we're going to let him kick, get a kick return or a punt return. So he's even got either actually a will-be okay, good point, Belichick, yeah. or it'll be the blowhard Belichick who's like, I think we can do it.
0: Listen, on Smith was too small to play in the NFL, and he's three inches taller than Britton Covey. Yep. And probably like 20 pounds heavier than Britton Covey.
3: Steve Smith was a well-put-together athlete for his height.
0: It, and he was too small to play in the league and overcame and all that stuff. You know, don't doubt Steve Smith and all that stuff, which which absolutely ended up being true.
1: But he is significantly bigger than Britton Covey. But he also played for 11 years, so like the idea that he's too small. Right, he was too small for his <laughs> you're, position. You're setting the bar Still played game. for a decade. One game. one game. One game. One game. So he's going to play in the NFL. <coughs> he will play in a regular season NFL game.
0: You know, it's pretty funny, the thought that Britton Covey is leaving early.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> Bypassing eligibility after 15 and a half he, he voted for
3: Obama twice. Correct. And, and he's, he's leaving early. It's obviously, they talk about it all the time. You might have been born in the 80s. His first game he played was the first game that Jim Harbaugh coached for uh, Michigan. I remember that Michigan game. So there you go. I should yeah. show you how long it's been.
1: <laughs> for Britain. I remember his first... I remember I was up at, up on the hill for his first practice. I remember it. I remember talking to Amy Donaldson about it. And she was like, he's going to play. And I was like, there's no chance that guy plays. She's like, no, watch. He's going to play. She's like, all the coaches have said he's going to play. And sure enough, all he did was play and win games. So good for Britain, And he'll do the same thing in the NFL. Our guy Clint says, Vaisicahemo is only 5'9". Still bigger than Britain Covey. Yeah. Had nine inches on Britain Covey.
0: <laughs> Still bigger than Britain Covey. But hey, you know what? Here's here's where we'll end, because uh, you had a good take on this. People have been down in Britain forever. You doubted him his first practice, yep. and Amy talked you out of it? Yep. I mean, he started basically his first day as a punt returner, and has been nothing but dynamic ever since. So don't doubt the guy, I suppose, but... If I had to go whether he's going to play a game, regular season game in the NFL or not, I'd probably take not.
1: I've just been so wrong about NFL guys so often that this is going to be the one I'm going to flip on. So maybe that means I'm wrong about him, but I didn't think there was a chance Taysom was going to do what he's doing. I didn't think there was a chance Tyler Huntley was going to do what he's doing. And both of those guys have done nothing but prove me wrong and make me look like a bozo.
0: Coming up next, Hance and Scotty G. Ben, enjoy your weekend, buddy. I'll talk to you Monday. Don't bother me before then. 97.5 <laughs> at 1280 The Zone.